welcome to the Focus on Goals podcast, where we provide inspiration for the next generation, with your host, Angelo from SCS Sports Coaching Specialists, and Lee from Happy Days Photography. Hello, Angelo. How are you? We're on. How are you, Lee? Yeah, right. Yeah, we're good. We're live. We've, uh, we've made it work, I think. Hopefully, we can hear it. Everyone can hear what we're saying. Um, we're all set up, ready to go. So, how you been? Yeah, really good, mate. Obviously, it's um, it's a tough time, isn't it, for everyone? So, uh, yeah, busy, this is sort of bringing a little bit of excitement to my night tonight. <laughs> Something to look forward to all week, isn't it? <laughs> Poor yeah, old Kem's probably sitting there with his hands um, in his head, going, "What's going on?" <laughs> it, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to hear sort of Kem's views. Um, you know, probably probably similar to dudes because they're around the same sort of time. Yeah. But it'll just be good to sort of hear his experiences. Yeah, mate, fantastic. I think uh, before we sort of get into get Kem on, I think maybe if yeah. we just have a little chat and explain to everyone what we're doing and why we're doing it, because obviously SES yeah. Sports Coaching, Happy Days Photography, doesn't necessarily culminate into a podcast to people going, what you're doing. So um, yeah. obviously yeah. for people that don't know, just have a little chat about you and what you do and what your business is, will you? Yeah, so we um, well, it's actually our ten year anniversary of the company. Uh, oh, nice year, one. Um, which is obviously, which is obviously a proud moment. But we're gonna have a big, a big do. Yeah. And have all our we had a party almost planned as well, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, it'll be a big party, which will be quite fun. But um, yeah, I mean, we do sports coaching all in schools, doing P lessons, after school clubs. Um, but also we run an academy as well. Yeah. So uh, big now, isn't it? How many you got now? Us. Um, yeah, we've got over like 200 children now, which, wow, is, which nice. is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and they come to train with us once a week. Cool. And then hopefully, you know, we send them to pro clubs. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, I like but, it, um, mate. Obviously, business at the moment is literally at a standstill. Um, there's obviously bigger and more important things happening, happening in the world at the moment. But yeah. uh, obviously, um, hopefully, we'll all be back to normality shortly. With any luck, mate. With any uh, luck. Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we do school photography. That's our, our core business is that we do a lot of school photography. We work with almost 50 schools throughout the southeast at the moment. Um, yeah. That door shut kind of thing. So we've launched a Leavers project and a few other bits that we're doing. So, But, yeah, we've got lots lots going on. I mean, for this, for me, when we spoke about doing this this podcast, so we've we've got a name now and we've got a brand. It's all out there. We've called it Focus on Goals um, to mix a little bit of your world and my world. And the tagline we've got about the inspiration to the next generation partly came from what yours yeah. is and mine is because we want to help out youngsters and try and give them an insight really on what it takes to get anywhere and the struggles that people have had. Yeah, I think the main, like I say, we, we spoke plenty of times about it. The main thing about the podcast, just giving a real good insight, mo mostly to children, but to also to adults as well, because I'm sure there's lots of men out there that probably thinking, you know, I could have been a footballer, yeah. blah, 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 like we all do. Um, but tonight it's going to be, you know, good insight from Kem about, you know, what it takes really. Yeah, I like um, it. Yeah, it's going to be. A lot, a lot of people don't have the opportunity to hear this sort of stuff, so it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Now, I think on that note, should we should we get Kem in? Let's do it. I'm going to press the button yeah, and we'll all hope for the best. Yeah, sure. Hello. Hello, mate. I'm good. Yeah, thanks for having me. How are you, Kem? You good? Yeah, good, mate. How's things? Yeah, good, mate, good. Um, just sort of staying at home, doing a little bit of walking. What about yourself? Well, I've been trying to do some running. I've, what did I have? I had a hip hop, my hip replaced on September 30th last year. Okay. Um, I was off for the best part of five weeks off of work and then 
sort of got back into got back into it and now I'm up um I'm up to eight miles now doing like seven minute miles so yeah I'm, I'm, I'm getting there it's yeah I, I just I can't I can't keep can't keep still which I just find it difficult to to sit down and do nothing I have to try and get out there and pave the way pave the streets a little bit and hit a bit of tarmac under my feet and get running I think um, problem is though Ange problem is is my body's giving up on me and I've pulled my calf last week and my hamstring <laughs> this week so <laughs> as much as I want to stay fit my body's staying well, leave it out think, will yeah, that last time I saw you we went to we had a, a charity game didn't we at South yes, Bend right. yeah. and uh, you know it was a good crowd there and everyone was really enjoying it but I remember you saying that you couldn't You, I think you only played about five minutes at the end because obviously yeah. you hit so it must have been so frustrating because I know that was a really good night and obviously all your friends and, and close people to you know that were there. Yeah, it's it was hard watching, but like I said, I couldn't even do my shoelaces up. I couldn't pull my, pull yeah, my socks on. Yeah, you were in a bad way, weren't you? Yeah, it was. I was in real real pain, and I come out of the operation and what three four four weeks later, I was pain free, and it was. It was like it's like a new lease of life, really. So it's been a godsend having it done. It's just it's down 15, 20 years down the line. I'm going to have to have another one. I know that, but it's yeah. it's about quality of life rather than just living. Do you know what I mean? So 100%. I've got, I've got a young family that I need to do stuff with. I've got a 11 year old boy that's a keen runner, and I'm trying to keep up with him at the moment. And yeah. that is not easy. He he done a, a 5:45 mile today. It was I couldn't get near him. Yeah, a little rat. Yeah, a little rat. Yeah, the kid's killing me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it it was the football that done the damage, but apparently when, when I saw the specialist, they said that I had a slight oval-shaped hip joint. Now, what that done is that the the oval top part of it just rubbed away on the cartilage like year in, year out, and it just I was bone on bone at the end, so I had no cartilage left in my hip, and so I remember specifically the point doing it. We was away. Um, I think it was down at Exeter. Um, I was training. I was doing some quick feet, and it felt like I pulled my groin, but it, it it wasn't my groin. It was obviously referring from my hip to my to my groin, and it just led on and led on. And from then on, there it sort of just deteriorated. <clears throat> but so, so um, you, never we, mind. you're sort of getting back now to to running and doing little bits and stuff, which is good. Yeah, as, as being a manager and watching and watching games, I just constantly think that I'm constantly questioning. I, I could do, I could still do that, and I know I can't in my head. That's the compet, that's the competitive, that's the competitive nature in me saying I can still do that. I know I can. I can go out there and do that, but I can't. I've just, I've just proved I can't because I pulled my calf doing a run and pulled a hamstring. I've never pulled a hamstring in my life. I've never been quick enough to pull a hamstring. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, first of all, mate, just a massive, massive thank you for coming on tonight. Because obviously, you know, we had we had dudes, dudes last week. Um, mm -hmm. and to be fair, your your name got mentioned a lot about doing one, and um, so you know, giving you a call and you saying, yeah, no problem. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a good thing or a bad thing, if I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> there well, might be some naughty questions coming. We're going to check the questions through first. <laughs> so, I was fortunate enough that I had an older brother that played a really, really good stand of football. So, 
I, I got to learn a lot off of him. Um, so when when we was a lot younger, we'd both be over the park, and more often than not, I got shoved in goal, and he used to have shots at me. And just being a younger brother, he was six years older than me, I, I tend to just get put in goal. But all the time, you're just picking bits and pieces up off of him. And um, to see him go on, he started off at Chelsea when he was 16, 17. So the the love of it, I, I'm a big Chelsea fan as well because I get to watch them play week in, week out. Bearing yeah. in mind, he never played. But yeah. it all started, the love of the game started from a lot younger than that. But once you start seeing your brother do really well, the love of it and you want to sort of replicate what he it, does. Yeah. Um, so... It was about 10, 11, I, I was sort of picked up by Cholton Athletic. Um, but I also trained at those ages. I trained with West Ham. I trained with Chelsea. I, tra- I trained with Tottenham um, all the way up until I was 15. I never, okay. had to, I never signed for anyone. My dad learned a lot from how my brother went through and never really wanted me to get tied down to anyone. Now, I played my games of a weekend with Cholton, always with Cholton, okay. but yeah. I trained with everyone else as well as. So I trained every day. I yeah. trained every single day as a kid. Um, and that takes me on to something else a little bit later when people say, oh, can you overtrain? I, I think he's doing too much and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but I trained every day. And then there came a decision at 16. Um, West Ham didn't want me at that at that time. They didn't want to give me a YT. I was too small, okay. believe it or not. Um, Tottenham offered me a YTS. Chelsea didn't offer me anything. Just didn't want me at that point, which is fine. And then um, it was left out of Tottenham that offered me the YT, or and Cholton offered me a two-year YT and a two-year pro deal okay. um, at 16. So I signed with them, done my YT, got my pro done two years at Cholton, never really got close to being in the first team. Um, Even there was one pre-season where I'm quite an honest person when it comes to looking in the mirror and seeing how people are doing and how I'm doing. So there was one pre-season where I thought I was doing really, really well. I was playing a lot of reserve team football, scoring lots of goals at that point. Um, Playing really, really well. Uh, And pre-season, you knew if you had a chance come pre-season, because Cholton done a South Coast tour okay. down to Brighton and Bournemouth and places like that. And if you got on that tour, that yeah. meant that you was going to be in and around the first team squad uh, that season. I didn't even get close. So I was a little bit demoralised after that. I trained every day still and I still worked hard and stuff like that. But come Christmas, I, I went in. Oh, me and my dad had a chat because... He's the person I always go to. Yeah, of course. Always just fell out. Um, he was he was, he was, was a person I always went to. So we had a chat and I said, listen, I don't think it's going to happen. It's going to happen at Cholton. Maybe we need to go and have a chat with, with Alan Kirbishley, who was the manager at that time, and see what the deal was. Uh, we went in and we spoke to the gaffer, who was Kerbs at the time. And it was great. He was honest. It's exactly what I want. I just said, listen, what's the script there? I, I'll... Am I going to get another contract there? My contract's up in June, July. Right. I, I don't want to be waiting around till June and there's 3,000 people all looking for clubs. Yeah. I'd like to know as soon as possible what's going to happen. And he said to me, look, um, the year before, we just got promoted into the Premier League as well, which yeah. didn't really do me many favours because they got more money and more players came in. Okay. And they had some really fantastic midfield as well. Don't get me wrong. And yeah. 
uh, looking back, I never stood a chance. But I, um, he said, look, Cam, you're not going to get in my first team. I think it's best that you, you try and go away and you find another club um, and I'll help you find another club. And I was like, all right, brilliant, no problems. I just said, if I leave, you're not going to want any money for me because that makes it a lot more difficult for, for me to find another club if you're going to ask for money for me when I've done nothing in the game. And he said, no, not not problem, I'll help you. No, no problem. So he sent me to Reading, who Alan Pardew was the manager at that time. Right. Um, I went down there, stayed in digs, which was awful. I, I still remember it. Were you with other players or was it someone putting you up? I'd, ne- I'd never stayed in digs in my life before. I was always fortunate enough where wherever I was, I lived close enough to drive to. And I was living in Kent and driving from Kent to Reading every day. Right. How old was, you at, this point? at that point, I was 20. 20 years of age. I was 20 years of age at this point. Yeah. Um, and it was awful standing in these digs. And in the end, we, me and, I went with another lad from Charlton, a boy called Anthony Ullman, who okay. um, he... We decided that, listen, we're not standing in these digs no more. We're going to just, we'll drive every other day and we'll stay in a hotel every other day as well. So we ended up doing that. But I went down there. First week was went really, really well. I'd, I'd done really well. We played a game against some Irish team that came over and we beat them nine something. And I scored a hat trick and I set up two. And it was like, wow, I'm, I've done really well here. Um, and then in training, I, I I just, I just nipped my hamstring. I mean, nipped it. And yeah. what I didn't want to do is I didn't want to, didn't want to train poorly yeah. and, and lose the good start that I had. So yeah. I said, listen, my hamstring's a bit sore. Is it okay if I go back to Cholton, get some treatment? And when I'm ready, I'll, Be I'll come back and I'll, I'll go again. And I said, yeah, not a problem. So I, I went back, got treatment and came back. Um, and it was fine. Hamstring was absolutely fine. But we had a game against Southampton. Yeah. Um, and I remember playing against Southampton and uh, an old boy, I don't know if you remember, a boy called Chris, Chris Marsden, bald fella, sent midfield player, gave me an absolute school in that day. Like, I, I, didn't, I didn't even touch it. I can't even remember touching the ball, if I'm being honest. And the game just passed me by. And um, the reserve team manager and the first team manager were both there. Um and on the coach on the way home, I got back to the ground and Kevin Dillon, who was the, the reserve team manager, just come up to me and said, listen, Ken, if it was down to me, and this is your normal spill that you get, right. if it was down to me, I, I, I would take you uh, and I would work with you because I think there's something there for you. But the gaffer wants the gaffer wants someone who can come in now. And I was like, yeah. right, okay, that's fine. Not a problem. I, I get that. Not a problem. So was that the gentle way that they'd normally let you down, Ken? Is that, is that the sort of... Thing that yeah, clubs would say. Rather than saying, oh, you're useless, you ain't good enough. you're no good. Yeah. yeah. It was just a, a polite way of saying thanks, but no thanks. So yeah. that was fine. You take that on the chin, that's just football. You, you're going to get knocks, and it's how you bounce back from them. Yeah, so very much so. I then went to Gillingham, who Andy Hessen Tyler was the manager. Yeah. Um, and we played Bournemouth away down at Bournemouth. Uh, again, got on the coach down there, got there, and I'd done all right. It was, it was a game where if I was a Gillingham player, then yeah. it would have been, yeah, you've done, you done all right, not a problem. But when you go on trial somewhere, you have to stand out and you have yeah. to be yeah. better than what they've got. Um, and I didn't do enough. If I'm being honest, I didn't do enough to warrant being signed on, on that case. And um, 
I then they, he said thanks, but no thanks. We just, you just can't see you getting our first team at the moment. And I was thinking, well, maybe this maybe this ain't going to happen. Yeah. Um, so I <clears throat> spoke to my dad, and my dad was like, no, you'll just stay positive. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. Don't worry. Just keep going. Like you've you've got talent. You'll be fine. Um, try to keep me positive. And then a, a, a really close friend of our family who was like our was like a chief ex. What would you what would you call him? head of youth? He would be now, but his name's a, a guy called Steve Watts who was at Cholton. Um, yeah. He got me a trial at Colchester. Yeah. Um, and he brought me down there on the Monday morning, and we was training at Shrub End, and yeah. um, got over there. Uh, I had to bring my own kit, which was a little bit of a, <laughs> yeah, a bit welcome of to Shrub End. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you bring you, you bring your own kit. You you jogging bring around dog. Yeah, bringing your own dogs, jogging around dogs message, you're warming up and, <laughs> and stuff like that. And you just think, right, okay, so start training. Uh, and the guy that took me down there said to me, Ken, what they're looking for is they're looking for an aggressive centre midfield player who can play a little bit. And I was like, yeah. right, okay. He said, so when you go and train today, take that aggression into your training session. I was like, yeah, no problem. That's something that I don't struggle with. But <laughs> you, you, in training, you never generally go round. Kicking people. Whacking people. It's almost like, yeah, you, you jump out and tackle. Well, that day wasn't like that. <laughs> that day wasn't like that. I, I remember going in with a tackle with Gavin Johnson at the time and I cut him in half. Like, it was it was a little bit of a naughty tackle. Like, won the ball. But at that point, culture, he, as well? totally. Like, he was a, he was a, in an older pro yeah. and it was like, right, I'm. No, everyone's getting it. Like, anyone who's <laughs> it was out the lot. And, <laughs> Yeah, that, that's what it was like <laughs> today, right? So I went and trained on a Tuesday. They said, oh, we've got a reserve game tomorrow. I can't remember who the reserve game was against. But I went out and I played in the reserve game. Done well, was aggressive like the guy told me to be. I remember taking two in the bit, like in the privates that day. <laughs> like it was point blank and yeah. just shrugged it off. But in my art, in my art, <laughs> just, the pain was searing, right? But just sort of shrugged it off <laughs> and got through it. We, we played the Tuesday, finished that game Tuesday, had Wednesday off. Thursday, we come in to train. Again, aggressive, aggressive in training. Um, Friday, we train, and it's a lot. I've never been around. At that point, I was never around a match day, first team environment. So, yeah. On the Friday, we trained, and it was a lot less tempo. It was just five-sides and a few set pieces. And then a squad goes up on the Friday. Now, bearing in mind, I only went there on Monday. Yeah. I went there on Monday. I played a game on Tuesday, reserves. A squad goes up for the, the game on Friday. Now, I'm sort of just, I, as I walk past the, the board, I just had a look just out of, just out of nose, just a curiosity yeah. more than anything. And I see my name up on on the board, I think, right, okay, that's good. That's a little yeah. strange. So, the, yeah, it was, it was a good start. So I, I thought, like, we had loot and the next day. I had to go and sign papers, uh, registration forms to play. So I signed that. Um, go, come back on Saturday. We're at home to Luton. Um, do the warm-up. I'm on the bench. <laughs> right, great. Um, 26 minutes into the game, uh, Joe Keith, the left-back, gets injured. Yeah. So, well, that's, there's no way I'm coming on. He's a left back. So, Steve Whitten goes, who was a manager at that point, Kem, go and get warmed up. So, oh. what? Yeah. 
Vad som en gång jag mundar, det är lätt att han kan nog lätt att stå. Hey, calls me and Cam, come on you coming on. And I was like, what? what's happening? He said, well, Gavin Johnson's going to go left back and you're going to go on in centre midfield. And it was nil nil at that point. Come on. I think Aaron Skelton scores a penalty and someone else scores. We end up winning 2-0. And then after that, I obviously got interviewed. I've done well. I played well that day. Obviously got interviewed. Oh, I thought you had a great a great debut. What do you want to do going forward? I said, well, I'm trying to earn myself a contract here. I'd love to sign. Yeah. Monday comes. Steve Whitten comes up to me and said, oh, you want to sign? I was like, well, that's the whole point. <laughs> that's what I mean. <laughs> okay, there's, there's this year and next year if you want it. So I was oh, like, man. yeah, absolutely. So, And then from then on there, I never really looked back. So it just goes to show that you can have setback after setback after setback. Yeah. You stay positive and you have a belief about yourself and you go and do the things that you can do and certain clubs want. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of luck involved as well in the sense that it's being in the right time at the right place and that club wanting a specific player Yeah. And do you tick that box? And all those things amalgamated into that one that one week. Um, Being the right place at that time, yeah. There, I never, yeah, it was, it was a, this, when I think about it now, I was so fortunate. And yet, and how old were you, Ken, when you got to Cole United? I was, I was 20 when, I, when okay. I first played at Colchester. I went there in the, I think it was sort of February, March sort of time of... 2000. Okay. Yeah. So, and I stayed there till 2013. So, good. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Just going back to obviously you getting you getting a knockback. You you can't get a um, a contract anywhere. Um, was there a was there a point in time where you thought you know what I may have to you know because all your all your friends were probably you know bricklayers accountants. Was there ever a point where you thought I might have to go back to college? Football might not be for me. Do you know what, Ange? Uh, if I'm being honest, no. Yeah. It, now, it, that may have changed if the Colchester thing never happened. Yeah. But up until that point, I still hadn't given any other thought no. other yeah. than being a professional footballer. Yeah. Now, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. Well, I think But that's one of the things. That self-belief very, is so important. Driven. Self-belief, isn't it? It's so important yeah, for you to believe in is, your own. But, uh, you, you have to, you have to have, you have to have the right people around you as well. Yeah. I think it, is it exactly like my, my dad had seen a lot of this go on previously, so it's really useful having him and my brother to fall back on. Now, what you don't want is silly people that are giving you the wrong information, saying, "Oh, you're going to be fine. You're yeah. you're a brilliant player." When in reality, is that they're giving you false hope. Yep. And that's never nice to hear. It's hard to tell someone that you love that oh, you're not going to be good enough to do that. But at the same time, I think there's ways of doing it that saying, listen, do we really want the heartache of the disappointments? And yeah. there's a gentle way of bringing people back down to earth. And I think that you have to be realistic and honest. And I think that Unless you've been in and around the environment, I don't think you quite understand what it takes or what being a professional footballer is about. Mm. Yeah. You know, you, it, we, we can sit here about... and say, he's, he's no good, he's no good as a professional footballer. He's yes. rubbish. I hear many people do it. You sit in a pub yeah. and 
They'll go, oh, he's useless. What's he doing there? And he's getting paid 80 grand a week in a premiership. And you just think, no, come on. Like, he's, he's on 80 grand a week. I, I, you probably don't mean he's useless, but have some respect. These guys are talented, talented boys. People don't give 80 grand a week out for nothing, let me tell you. I know. Mm. Well, yeah, it's the same in League One, League Two. Any league you go to, yeah. any league you go to, if, you, if someone's willing to pay you to play, yeah. if someone's willing to pay you to play, you're doing all right. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Boys, can we get to some questions? We've got a few questions coming in from people that are watching. You're right, if we just chuck a few of these to your way, Cam. Is that all right? And then we'll get back on, Andrew. Yeah, of course. So we've got Alice, Alice Humphreys has, um, has asked, so Kai and Archie have asked, what are the best teams that you've played against? What are the big teams? Who, no, what, the, what are the best teams you've played against? Who's the best team you think you've played against? Well, let's see, at that time, Chelsea were the best team we played against. We played against a team that had Crespo, Lampard, Joe really? Cole, John wow. Terry, Sean Wright Phillips, Makaleli, Essien. Yeah, we had they had some ridiculous players that day, but they're obviously the best teams. But then you go on again when we played Norwich in League One and they bashed us at home. They had a fantastic team. Yeah. They they had Holt, Houlihan and I can't think of the other boy up top. They they had some real firepower up top. They they were a decent team. But we've I've played against Leeds, you've played I've played against Stokes, I've played against West Broms, I've played yeah. against Southamptons. But at that time they were only in either League One or the championship. They weren't the kind of teams that they are now. So, yeah, yeah I've, I've played against some really, really good teams. Uh, but, yeah, the best things are, are the occasions you play and playing at Leeds' ground is an amazing, um, an amazing place. And the old Cardiff Ninian Park was like the most hostile places <laughs> you could come across. And Crazy fans, you, mate. You no, know, mate, like you had Stoke. The three worst, the three worst. Stoke away. For <laughs> Stoke away. <laughs> Stoke away, Cardiff away, and Leeds away, you just knew that you was going to get it yeah. like from the fans for 90 minutes. Like, and being being at Leeds and being at half Turkish, you knew you was going to get it. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you was, was going to get it even more. So yeah, you had, you had to be mentally strong to deal with it. Yeah. So we've got one here from Nick. And Nick says, he says, Kem, you're a great player. What was it like having Teddy and Clinton inside? Did you learn a lot from players like that? From Teddy, especially, mm. yeah. Teddy was, he never smashed anything. So when we used to do shooting sessions, he never hit anything with his laces. Right. He just used to guide everything. It was like a masterclass of finishing. Right. It was a masterclass. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. And his first touch, I've never seen a touch as good as it. So... There's a drill, Ange, that you'll know, right? So, you know, you'll have a shooting drill and you'll have people serving from the side of the goal into the, yeah. the D of the 18-yard box, yeah? yeah? You have to control it inside the 18-yard box and you have to have your shot before yeah. it goes outside right. the 18-yard box, right? So, Teddy Sheridan used to stand five yards back <laughs> of yeah. the D and used to jog into the D as the ball was coming and take it on the move. Take it on the move. <laughs> oh, really? And still kill it where he wanted to <laughs> and bend it in the corners. He was a joke, mate. And he was 40, <laughs> he was a joke. He was 40 at that point. So he was, really? he was a year older than I am now. Yeah, wow. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, he was, he was crazy. So you can only imagine what he was like 
eight years before that. Yeah. Isn't it scary when you think about, like, Teddy Sheringham, don't get me wrong, an absolutely fantastic player. But you, yeah. you sort of, can you imagine a Messi or Ronaldo? No, you, you couldn't. You couldn't. Crazy, no. no, you couldn't imagine it. It's ridiculous. Oh. You know, I mean, Teddy Sheringham had an amazing career, but you think of that top, top level, the, the ability is just crazy. They, they must yeah, have it really so hard to get there. Mm. Yeah, and when you when you see some of the players that have gone on to do so, we played again. I played against Aaron Ramsey, who at that point was at was at Car- Cardiff. I think he was at Cardiff or yeah, Cardiff. I think he was, at, was it Cardiff or Swansea. I'm not too sure to be honest. All right, he was at one. He was at Cardiff, I think, and um, his technical ability was crazy. Like, yeah, you couldn't, you didn't, you could get near him for the touch wires and stuff like that. And when we played yeah. Tottenham, Michael Carrick. I just thought, I remember playing against Michael Carrick and thinking, right, I'm going to give him no time on the ball. Bear in mind, that's, that's what I might base my game on, is I'm going to be a rash. I'm going to get all over him. I'm going to kick him as much as I can and unsettle him, right? Yeah. I don't think I got within five yards. <laughs> just chases his shadow. Every time, every time I went into him, just topped it. Moved the, the other side. It was. Did he give you grief for that? Was he, was he laughing at you? Or did he know that you were no, chasing no, no, him? No, he was no. all right. He, he just... He just got on with it and yeah. made me look like a, a moron. But <laughs> yeah, he he was he was very very good. Fantastic. So we'll just go one more for now, if that's all right. This is from Jake, Jake Clowsley. Is that a lad from the academy? Oh, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> right, oh, okay. Yeah. So go Jake on, Jake's written an essay. So he's saying, um, who's the most underrated player you've played with or against for his first bit? Right. Most underrated player. Most underrated player I've played with. Or against? Oh, question. Let me have a let me have a think about that one. Plan, All right, no plan worries. Against, plan against. There was a there was a lad called, and again, it, this is the second, uh, it's the third schooling I ever had off of someone. Um, the boy called Brammer played for Crew. He's, yeah. uh, he's about my height. He's about twice as wide as me. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was a little tanky geezer, and um, again. Crew, I was playing well at this point. Uh, I was scoring quite freely, and I was I was playing really well. And I went into this game thinking, right, I'm going to run over Crew today. I'm just going to try and get forward, get shots off, try and get a goal. Uh, and Brammer gave me an absolute football lesson that day as well. Someone, he was so clever, so bright, in just playing one and two touch. Never allowed me to to get on the ball in in areas that I was trying to get on the ball. Uh, gave me a bit of a footballing lesson. So he was one of the most underrated players I've played against. And with, it's difficult because I think anyone that... Oh, that's a tough question, that. It'd be tough to pick someone out. I, I'll give you something that someone who far exceeded what I was going, what I thought yeah. he would ever do, and that would be George Alakobi. Really, yeah. Okay. George Alakobi, when, when he came there... It was, his touch was awful. <laughs> he was this big, strong animal, is how yeah. I would describe him as. Um, he was aggressive to the point where he was just injuring people constantly in training. Scary, yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. He was cut out of stone. Um, he wasn't great on the ball, not, not particular. And he just kept saying to us, and this is the crazy thing, he kept saying to me, I'm going, to, I'm going to play in the Premiership one day. And I was like, 
George, all right, mate, yeah, whatever, like, have a day off, mate. Like, and I, 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 he said, no, come on, I'm going to play in a premiership. Trust me, I'll be in a premiership. I was like, yeah, all right, George, whatever. And he went on and had one of the most unbelievable careers yeah. for what, for his limitations, what I yeah. thought his limitations were. He far exceeded what I thought. And so fair play to the guy. Yeah, um, amazing, amazing resilience and self-belief yeah. uh, and his willingness to work hard. Amazing. Had a great career. Fair play to George. Fantastic. So this is, there's a big part of this one. So there's, I'm just going to go to the last bit here of Jake's question, which is a really good one. What can you do on the pitch when you feel that you're not in good form? How do you put yourself up? Okay. For me, this is really easy. Just work hard. Yeah. yeah. If, if, you're, if you feel as though you're not playing well, first of all, when you get the ball, play simple. Yeah. Play simple, get yourself back into the game. Yeah. And then once you're without the ball, go and get the ball back. Yeah. Go and get it back. Just never Make stop. things happen. Go and get the ball back. Once you once you start getting on the ball, keep it simple. And then all of a sudden you'll think, oh, I can try this and yeah. I can try something else. And I'll start believing in my ability. And you will just grow and grow and grow into the game. But first and foremost is work rate, work rate, work rate. Yeah, which everyone can do. It's that's, not talent, is it? Every, you don't need any. You say everyone can do it. It is, it's harder than what you think because when you're hurting, yeah. There's a switch in some people that go, no, that's it, I'm done. Okay. And yeah. then there's a certain few others that go, you know what, I can keep going. Yeah. I can keep going and I'm going to have to be dragged off of this pitch. There's no way in the world I'm going to say I'm tired. You, someone's yeah. going to have to drag me off this pitch. And it's, it's hard because when you're in pain and you're hurting, people automatically go, that's me done now. Yeah. And you need to be able to just go, no, 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 I've Suck got another up. bit. I've got more in me here. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. So, go on, Dad. I was just going to say, I've just had a comment here from Kevin Watson talking about this, um, saying, <laughs> I should have paid for his. I should have. Did you used to play with Kevin? Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. I, I, should have paid, I should have paid for his hip replacement, the running that he did for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he should have. He's right. <laughs> he should have. He definitely should have. He's right. Yeah, see, that, that's. At that point, our balance in that midfield was bang on in the sense that he could really play. He could really pass the ball. Um, my job in our midfield was go and get the ball back and give it to Watto. Yeah. And I was fine with that. I was fine with that. That I knew my role within that team um, and I maximised everything I could out of it. So my whole, my whole regime for training was get myself as fit and as physically strong as I can be Win the ball back, give it to Watto. That was it. Fantastic. Good stuff. Yeah, just, go on. Um, just going back, so we go back to sort of um, how it all started for you. Yeah. So I remember you, um, I actually remember your first first um, session at Coltestar. Um, right. It turned up, you had a lovely car at the time. I think it was, I think you might have had a Roadster or something. You had, a, you had an amazing I car. I did. I had, I had a black Toyota Roadster. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember the... Um, <laughs> Oh, no, that was courtesy of my <laughs> brother. That was all. Well, don't worry, I've got, I've got even a full insurance. <laughs> the, car, the car was amazing, and uh, I was a, I was a scholar at the time. I remember thinking, goodness me, who the hell have we signed here? Um, yeah. weren't as good as it looked, was it? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I literally, uh, I mean, 
big headphones. Talking at that point, you probably didn't realise this, but um, obviously when we first saw you, you were small. You was mm. you know five seven five eight. Um, yeah. You know, five eight on a to... good day as well. <laughs> <laughs> did you have to work hard physically? So was you doing a lot of? So I think this is important for the kids to sort of realise that you know you had these knockbacks because of, you know you were too small. So yeah. so did you did you start going into the gym? Was you taking yeah. protein shakes and how how did that all take off from there? So once once I started playing first team football, you quickly realise that it's a very very physical game. Yeah. Um, you pick up silly little injuries through being not physical enough. So that summer, I started. I started. So whenever I, whenever I used to go on holiday, I yeah. used to have one rule when I, whatever my missus wanted to do, there was one rule. We had to have a gym yeah. in the hotel. So I would wake up um, at breakfast. She would go down. We'd both go down for breakfast. I'd have a cup of coffee with her. She'd have breakfast, and I'd go to the gym. And I wouldn't see her for the next two and a half hours. Really? I would do my running. I would do my core. I would do my weights. Yeah. Um, all before I even set foot outside into into like holiday mode. Yeah. That was that was something that I made sure I had to do, and that continued. And we got. So at, the, at the early part, and we never got given programs. You had to go away and you had to do your own thing, and you got beasted in pre-season, regardless of how fit you came back. And yeah. uh, and it was really pre-seasons were like crazy hard because yeah. it was just prehistoric running, right? Yeah. Then all of a sudden, it changed for me mainly, and this is no disrespect to Steve Whitten because I owe my whole career to Steve Whitten yeah. because he gave me that opportunity, right? But the minute Parky walked into the door, yeah. it changed at Colchester United. It yeah. changed in the sense that... It changed in the sense that it become so much more professional. Yeah. So yeah. you either jumped on board on it or you got left behind. Yeah. And so we were given protein shakes at training. Yeah. We was given decent food at training. The gym there was all about Olympic weights and, yeah. and stuff like that. And you had your programs. And I would go and do my program, regardless if we had to do it or not. Yeah. That was something that I knew I had to do. Mm-hmm. And I remember speaking to Wayne and I remember speaking to Carl about this. Yeah. I think I was about 23, 24. We, we, the season went, I came back and I came back in a different body. I, I developed that year, that summer, for whatever reason, all yeah. the weights that I've been doing the, the years before and over that summer, I physically yeah. developed and I, I, I put on about half a stone, but of muscle rather than, than weight. And it was, it become a little bit easier at that point playing week in, week out because you had that physical, that, but you have to, you have to do, want to do it. It's yeah. like there are days where you can't be bothered to do it. Of course there are, but you have to drag yourself up and you have to go. If, if you want to be and maximise what you you can be, yeah. you have to have a driven mentality about you to want to be better. Mm-hmm. And there's more I could have done, I would imagine. I, can, I can't say that I was the perfect. I still went out and I had a few beers and I've yeah. done stuff like that. Uh, but... I, I've done as much. I've done as much as I thought I could possibly do at that point, yeah. and I'm happy with how my career went. And 
how it unfolded and I feel as though I maximised as much as I could out of it. And that was just purely, and there was so many more players out there that were better footballers than me, but yeah. what they didn't have, they didn't have the work ethic and attitude that I had. Yeah, I say That's... this all the time. I say there's so many good players um, that, are, that I know, friends, that you, you'd expect to have done so much more in the game. But like you say, commitment is everything. Huge. You have to be committed, you know. Huge. For me, for me on holiday, <laughs> I, think, I didn't go to the gym. You know, <laughs> I was enjoying my holiday. And it just shows you the commitment and sacrifice you have to do. Yeah, it's, mate, in, in all walks of life as well is that your friends do you want to go out. And there are days where you think, yeah, I'd, I'd love to go out, but yeah. I can't go out. It's It's Thursday. They're wanting to go out and want to have a beer or something. No, it's mm. I've got a game in two days. Like you I know, it'll affect your performance. Go out on a Thursday, still, and you you just you just wouldn't do it. it, it you would, wouldn't take. I couldn't take it for granted ever, and I felt as though I would be letting my teammates down if I did go down. That's just mm. that's the way I felt, and I just I tried to do everything as professional as I could be. Yeah, nice job. Yeah, like it. And yeah, do you know what? If I, I wish I was six foot. If I was, if <laughs> I think I was, we all do, mate. To be honest, <laughs> someone's commented on it. He's saying, "Who's taller?" If I was, if I was, if I was five eleven, six foot, I think I would have played higher. Yeah, yeah. No. But, but that's that is what it is, and I, 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 I still have it. Like, oh, I had you, you, you were small, you were small, and yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, I was. But what you yeah. do is what you lack in height. I made up for aggression <laughs> and attitude. Yeah, so that's what I had to do. We've just had a comment actually, exactly on that, Rebecca Green. So it's great to hear positive talk about being a smaller player. Seb is still smaller than a lot of his teammates and his opponents, and he gets hard, but he's quick, so they, only, they can only get him if they catch him. So, you know, he's yeah. a young lad that that's knows it and he's embracing it. Again, being, being a coach now, what I would say is when you're small, um, and, it, and this is just me, be smart. Be smart with it. If, if you're going to get pushed off the ball, don't hold on for the ball too long. Yeah. Play, play quickly, play round people, give and go. Um, if you're 1v1, yeah, try. If you find you're getting yourself muscled off the ball, play smart, move the ball quickly, move on. You'll, you'll find that there are, there are ways to beat bigger bullies and yeah. people that just want to use strength. And the cream usually rises. That's what I would say. Yeah. yeah. The, the boy that, uh, that asked the question, Seb, he plays for our academy. Um, right. He, he's a fantastic player. Um, he is very, very lightweight. Um, he was actually, I think he was he was at a pro club. For whatever reason, it didn't work out. But that, that little bit of advice you've given there is massive because he's probably one of the most talented kids I've seen. Mm. But How so old is he, Ange? Sorry, say that again? How old is he? He's an under 10. He's got ages, yeah. He's got ages, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what parents and and kids need to try and not get bogged down with. Is like, I need to be at a pro club. I need to yeah. be at a pro club. Yeah. Enjoy your football. Get as much different coaching as you can. This is what I would say. Like, and no disrespect to your coaching, right? But or yeah. whoever's coaching. Yeah. The more coaching you can get from different player, uh, different people, the more yeah. ideas you get, the yeah, better player you will be. Because yeah. if I if I trained with you every day for five days a week, I'm only going to get the same ideas and the same yeah. the same things driven into me. You want as yeah. much different different right. sessions as you possibly can, and ideas and and philosophies as you can. And 
I'll go back to what I said earlier. I, I still don't believe that you can overtrain. I really don't. I trained. I trained every day. I trained. I structured training Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Played Saturday. Played Sunday. And it wasn't. And that was never my dad saying, "Come on, we got to go training." That was always that. Come on, we need to leave. I love it again, weren't it? You wanted to do yeah, it. I yeah, I wanted to play. I wanted to play. And before we went training, I was out with my mates playing football. So it's like I had to be home for half four to get to to Sparrows Lane over in South London for yeah. six o'clock. So I'd go, get home from school, quickly go and have a kick about my mates for half, half hour, 45 minutes, get back, get changed, out the door. It was like that's all I wanted to do was play football. I didn't need reminding that I had training at half four. I needed to be left at half four. That was, I knew that. You knew that was part of my routine. Yeah. Yeah. We've had I a question. never, ever once said, come, come, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way. That's, you're still loving it. That's part yeah, of the thing, right. isn't it? I mean, we've had a question yeah, from crazy. Rob. Rob's saying, um, do you think that professional clubs are too cutthroat and serious for eight and nine-year-olds? Yeah, I do, yeah. But yeah. unfortunately, unfortunately... Do they have to be? Everyone wants those positions. Everyone wants them. And they're in a position where if they've got a better player, and this is a horrible thing to say about an eight-year-old and a nine-year-old, if they've got a better eight- or nine-year-old at that point, they can afford to take the chance on that better eight- or nine-year-old mm. because it's a numbers game. That's just the way football is. Rightly or wrongly, that's just the way it is. And, yeah, it's horrible for these, these children. Then it, don't get involved in it. Don't get involved in it at that age. Mm. Don't yeah. tie yourself down to anyone. That's, that would be my advice. Don't get tied down with anyone because the minute you tie yourself down with a club anyway, the rules now state that you can't even go and play for your Sunday teams or Saturday yeah, teams. I was going to say that to you. Yeah. I loved playing for my Sunday yeah. team. Most enjoyment. It's so enjoyable. Yeah, playing. I loved yeah. playing for it. Yeah. They were the best days I had playing for my Sunday team. Yeah. Ken, so you know don't, don't get bogged down with it. Yeah, I mate. I don't know if you remember this, but obviously when you're... I remember at Colchester, they said you're not allowed to go on certain holidays like skiing and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. It's crazy, really, because I, especially now I've got my own son, I think you, you want your children to be kids. You want them to enjoy themselves, play with their friends. But it's it's tough because, like you say, under 12s, you have to play just for the pro club. Mm. You know, you can't do that. It's a do different you, situation, isn't it? It is, but I, I disagree with what the pro clubs say because you'll find that most footballers right, yeah. are not just good at football. <laughs> they're, they're talented to get with a number of a number of sports, and that's because they've done loads of sports. They've and I'm not telling. Listen, this is not me preaching to kids about being naughty or anything like that. I remember, right? I remember playing runouts on our school roof yeah. when I was at school. Like so, after school, we play runouts in our playground, and yeah. we'd be climbing on the school roof, which is like 12 foot high, yeah. and you'd be jumping across roof to roof yeah. and then someone's trying to catch you. And, mate, I'm not lying. There was a couple of occasions I jumped off of the roof to get away from people <laughs> so I didn't get caught. And all that does, and this is not me saying go and do this by any <laughs> imagination. Right? Don't try this at home. All I'm saying is, is what that does, it, it just builds up other, other useful things in your body. Yeah. So when you're saying don't go do skiing, skiing's really good for all your yeah. core work yeah, and your exactly. proprioception work. Yeah. Skiing's amazing for that. Yeah. And yet now you're saying don't go and do that, which is yeah. silly because you need that to become a better player anyway. Yeah. 
So you just need to try and balance what you do. Like, do football, love football, do it, but do other sports as well because having good hand-eye coordination and stuff like that and having good proprioception work and good core work goes a long, long way to being a good footballer. Yeah, no, definitely, mate. Great answer. Um, I think we go back to back to the culture days because obviously getting that promotion to the championship yeah I mean wow what that, that was that was unbelievable from Coach United at the time and you was a big part mm. of that as well just talk to us a little bit about that well you say I was a big part of it right that year I think I played I think I played 27 games that year but a majority of them yeah. were off of the bench that year because yeah. In midfield that year, we had Neil Dans, who scored 18 goals, who was unbelievable that season. And you had Watto playing that season, right? Yeah. So I, I was a bit of a bit part player. I would yeah. come on when we're winning and see games out and, and stuff like that. And as much as it was a fantastic part yeah. of my career, I still feel a little niggly about it. I still don't feel as though... Yeah. It's horrible, which is because yeah. I did. I did play a part in that, right? But I still feel as though I didn't. I didn't contribute enough that season. Yeah, that's how I feel. You know, when like you pick the phones out of stuff. Yeah, that it just shows that, how much you were desperate to play. I guess wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a horrible thing to do. Is you, you you don't ever wish anyone anyone playing poorly or your team yeah. losing. But there are occasions where you think. Oh, we're going to need a bad result for me to get back in this team. Do you know what I mean? And there's only certain number of places, isn't there? There was, there was never. It never looked like coming that season. Yeah, not once. That's, like, that's such an honest comment from you because, like you say, all players. You're sitting on the bench. You're thinking, oh, "I ain't going to get a look in here." Which is which is fine, right? It's, it's it's fine having those beliefs and them thoughts, right? But in training, you play such a big part because if you start if you start mucking around in training, not taking it serious. Yeah. It has a knock-on effect to everyone else because you're not then pushing Watto and you're not pushing Danzy yeah. to keep playing well mm. and keep putting in performances. And yeah. without people like myself, and I'm not bigging myself up at all, right? But without yeah. the people like myself and whoever else was on the bench that year, without those people and whoever else was in that squad, you don't get promoted because the whole squad, the whole squad was so good and so together. And yes, we had fallouts because that's just the nature of the game because there's 20 fellas there and not everyone's going to get on, right? So, yes, yeah. we had fallouts, but everyone pushed each other and made each other better and made each other have to play to their absolute maximum. Yeah. Otherwise, they were ready to go in. And mm. that's what creates a good team. Yeah. Yeah. That's the squad, isn't it? It's the squad that you need. And it was, a, it was an amazing season. Don't get me wrong. It was an amazing yeah. season. And... It's one of the one of my like, most memorable things, but there's still part of me that thinks I didn't contribute enough. Whereas the season later, when yeah. we played in the championship and we finished tenth, that's the proudest moment, one of the most proudest moments of my footballing career. Because I played, I think we played how many games you played at? Forty eight in the champ. Yeah. Forty eight. Forty-eight? Is that forty-six? You play forty-six. I played forty-five games. I missed one game that season. Really? Like I started yeah. forty-five games. Yeah. yeah. So when we finished tenth and I played forty-five games, what a for me, to start, yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? I, I felt like I contributed that year. Yeah. Fantastic. So I'll just grab a couple of other questions, Andrew, for Kang. So we've got loads coming through, yeah, yeah, which is great. Um, so to Paul, Paul Farley. 
Um, as said, Kem, do you think that with an opportunity for lads nowadays, we've had academies like Angelo's, do you think that's something you'd have appreciated as you were growing up when you was a youngster? Yeah, it definitely. But it, it, I, I would never have been able. I would never have had time to go to one like Angelo's. Do you know what I mean? Because I was always training at a pro club at that okay. point. But the the more coaching you can get, absolutely, the better you'll be. Yeah. Then it's down to Angelo and his coaches to put on good sessions and make it fun that kids want to keep coming back. Yeah. yeah. The, you need you need good coaching, and you need an enthusiasm for the game and a willingness to work, and you've got a chance, and yeah. you have to have some talent, obviously. Yeah, of course, of course you do. So just go one more round and then carry on where you are. Is that right? We yeah, good? Yeah, go for it. So yeah, love the yeah, so Mark Morris is saying, what was it like going from playing to coaching at grassroots level and proving yourself in a different situation to playing? Was it a hard change to deal with? At the time, I didn't think it was. Okay. At the time, I didn't think it was. When I look back at it now, I think, wow, I was so far away from being the coach, a coach like I am now. And I've still got miles miles of work yeah. to do. But, yeah, it, I took things. I know Mark. I know Mark Morris well. I, I, he gave me a job when I went into a school and after done an after-school club with Mark. Okay. Um, uh, school, I think it was called St. Joseph's in Grinstead, right? So I used to go there on uh, one of the days after school, I can't remember what it was, and I used to get frustrated because I put on sessions that I was trying to improve every kid. Okay. Every kid. I would try and improve every kid. And the reality is, uh, after school clubs and stuff like that, you've got to make it as fun as possible for them because... There are some that want to be footballers and you will notice them very, very quickly. And what you have to do is you have to give them certain scenarios and different challenges within that session that you put on. But there are 98% of those children that are there, and Andrew will back me up on this, mm -hmm. because you're a form of childcare. Yeah. Right? That's all you're there it's for. Fact, yeah, you're it is. a form yeah. of childcare. And you're there for an extra hour while parents are at work and doing whatever they've got to do. Right? So... Yeah. What you need to do is, and I regret it now because I never figured this out until I came away from that school, just make it fun for them. Mm. Yeah. Just give them as much fun as possible. Keep them all active. Try not to keep them standing around. Try and get them all a ball each and give them different things to do and different scenarios. Um, but I look back and thought, no, it wasn't a hard transition, but yeah, it really was. And mm. You look. I look back now and think I could have done things so much more different. But like, like I said, you learn every day and you learn in different scenarios all the time. Yeah. And I'm yeah. a far better coach than what I am now, and I've still got so much than what I was then. I've still got lot, lots of learning to do still. Fantastic. Yeah. Mark's just come back. Actually, he just added a little bit extra on that. So, do you still get the same buzz from coaching that you did from playing? It's a different buzz. It's a different buzz because. The, the, the best buzz for me is when, and I've had it on a few occasions, on players that we've coached for long periods and you get them into a pro club and they go on and they do really, really well. Mm. Yeah. Right? Or you get them from one place. And another thing is you get a quiet kid that doesn't come out of his shell and then all of a sudden, three months down the line, 
he's having a laugh and a joke with you and he wants to be your best mate and you get a different, total different buzz out of having an effect on a kid through football in that sense. There's all different buzzes that you get. No, it's it's a different buzz altogether than what I did that I got out of football because you was doing something and you were so totally focused and you're up your... I, I couldn't remember a name for love nor money when I was at football because I had everything done for me. Yeah. yeah. You come out of that and you have to learn very, very quickly how to use your brain again and engage things that you haven't used in a long, long while in the sense that your memory has to be a lot better. You have to be a lot more organised for yourself. And it was, a, it was a difficult transition and it's still, it's not easy now, but you have to keep, keep going with it. Did you get support with that with that transition? Like as a pro player coming out of the game, did, I, did you get support from the club? Did, the, did I get what? Sorry. Did you get support from the club? No. They just cheers, no. mate. You're out. No, no. Because no, I mean that happens. No that happens transition. in a lot of walks of life, doesn't it? You know, I've got a lot of friends that have been ex-army and they've come out of it and they've been built up to everything. But get to the end of where you're needed, and then then what do you do next? Yeah, well, listen, uh, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a believer, a bit of an old school person. You just have to get on with it. Get on with it and try and manage it as best as you can. You are going to make mistakes. You are. That's just, that's how you learn and that's life. You're going to make mistakes. Learn from them. Learn from them quickly uh, and move on and keep, keep working. That's all you can do. Just keep yourself busy. Keep doing stuff. Um, and that's why it's difficult in these times because it's hard to get yourself motivated because there's nothing to work for. But... You have to do it. You have to keep going. And that's why being fit helps. Yeah. Being yeah. fit really helps. Keeps you motivated. Ken, just moving on to going back to obviously playing, you had your testimonial. That must have been mm. an absolute proud moment. Obviously, like yeah. you said about getting knocked back to 18, 20 years of age and ended up having a testimonial at a football club. Um, mm. And showing that loyalty to one football club is pretty crazy, really, isn't it, when you think about it? Yeah, at the start, you never you never give it a thought about having a testimonial with any club. Do you know what I mean? There were times where you're getting closer and closer to contract negotiations and you're thinking, well, maybe this ain't going to happen and I'm going to have to try and find another club. Then you then it turns to sort of seven years, six, seven years, Carl leaves and I get made captain. And yeah. it's like, well, you can see yourself... If, you start having a family in that area as well. Your kids go to school round in and about that area. And you just feel comfortable, comfortable in a sense that you know this club. They're a good club. Um, they haven't got your best interest at heart because it's a football club. Do you know what I mean? But you, you, you've got a mutual respect between you and you just think, well, maybe I can see myself being here for quite a while. Uh, and then you get to sort of 10 years and you get... The testimonial was unbelievable. I got let down with with one of the other things from it, which was which was Norwich. Uh, yeah. Lambert said that he would give me the testimonial, um, but at that point there was a lot of stuff going on between Lambert and Colchester because of how they left. Yeah, that they couldn't they couldn't agree terms to do it, and it uh, that let me down. But the day was amazing. It was amazing, and having having all ex-players come back and yeah. having my brother on the pitch as well that day. It was, yeah. it was an amazing, an amazing day, a day I'll never forget. Having my boys walk out with me on that day as well. Uh, I had my niece and nephew come out with me as well. It was, it was an amazing day. I, I, I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah, no, big, big respect for that, mate. 
Um, yeah, it, it, it was it was something that if you don't get me wrong, right? If you say it's big respect for being there for ten years. Yeah. Now, if another club would have come in and it would have been an offer that I couldn't refuse, yeah. we all know that I would have gone. Do you know what I mean? That's just, yes, that's that, the way. That that, that, no, no, no club ever came in for me. It really? was so. And Joel was one of these people where security was a big thing for me, right? Yeah. So when it got to a year to ten months, eight months left of my contract, I never wanted my contract to run out. So I would always, I was always, so for someone to want me, they'd have to come in and buy me. Yeah. Right now, unless you're pulling up trees and scoring 12, 15 goals a season, which I wasn't, that wasn't the kind of player I was then, right? You're not going to get people coming and buy you. So I knew that. I knew Mm. that. So I I either had to take the risk of waiting till the end of the season. Yeah. Okay. And then be in a less strong position because... Um, if no one comes in for me, I'm desperate because yeah. I've got no, I've got no one else to, to, to barter with. Or yeah. do I just look after myself? I'm content where I am. I'm happy where I am. My family's happy where I am. I'm enjoying yeah. my football. I'm playing week in, week out. So I, I just made that, that decision that I would, I would go for security um, and know that I've got another two, three years on my contract rather than it run out. That's, yeah. and then that just led to a that led into a testimonial, which was amazing. Yeah. And how many games were you there, Ken? 470-odd. Sorry? How many games did you play for Coyote? 470-odd, yeah. 470-odd. Wow. Well, I think it's 474, something like that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, just a few. Just a few. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so you've, you've had your testimonial, obviously, was it at 13 seasons? Was it Colchester? I was at 30, for 13 seasons. Yeah, I was there, 13 yeah. seasons. So obviously when you left, when you left Colchester, mm-hmm. um, you went into non-league so I was, I remember it as clear as day, the process of me leaving, I, it was, it was 2013, we yeah. came in for pre-season, I had a decent pre-season as well, bearing in mind I was 30, just coming up to 33 at that point, so I, st- I still felt as though I had two yeah. or three years left in me, right, so I had a decent pre-season, um, and then the likes of Alex Gilby was coming through. And no disrespect to Alex Gilby. He's a really, really good player. But at that point, he wasn't as good as what I was at yeah. that time, right? He wasn't. He was a good up-and-coming player. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But the, the Colchester had changed at that point. It was Robbie had came in and he wanted, he wanted to lower the budget. Uh, yeah. He wanted to try and get experienced players like myself off of the budget and bring youth through. Yeah. Now... David Wright was there at that point. Um, he was on less money than I was, and he was playing ahead of me, which is absolute. I've got nothing against anyone at Colchester or any like David or anything like that. This is just how football works. And so 
we start playing, we go to Gillingham, the first game of the season, Joe, Joe Dunn's in charge, and yeah. I didn't even make the bench. Really? And I was thinking, I'm sat in the stands, I'm a 33-year-old man, and I get told at 12 o'clock that I'm not even going to... I'm not even going to be the watch. I'm not even going to be on the bench. And I thought, oh wow, this, yeah, this this tells me this this one this tells me something here, right? So we carry on. Nothing happens. I don't play again the next couple of games, and I think, right, okay. So I go and knock on the gaffer's door. Joe done. Go, Joe, what's going on? Like, I think the biggest thing that riles me is that we'd had a conversation in the summer, me, him, and Carl. And Joe was like, listen, I want you to be a part of this club. I see you being part of the coaching staff coming through and your Colchester through and through. I need these kind of people around. And I was like, yeah, brilliant. That's what I want. So I said to him, what's going on, Joe? Like, I didn't call him Joe. I called him Gaffer because he's the respect that you give him. So Gaffer, what's going on? Like, why am I not playing? He just said, well, we've got people like David Wright. We've got Marcus Bean. We've got... Andrew Bond, we've got Alex Gilby, they're all ahead of you, so you're yeah. fifth choice. I was like, really? I'm fifth choice? He's like, yeah, that's just, that's the way I see it. I was like, right, okay. I said, so what about the coaching opportunities here? I said, because I can take being fifth choice and I can take being a bit part person if there's going to be a job for me after this, yeah. which which you said there would be. He said, no, I, can, I, I, I can't, I can't at the moment. It's, the, the, the chairman don't this, he won't allow me to bring any more staff on board. I said, yeah. so I'm fifth choice and there's no there's no job security yeah. here for right. me going forward. And he said, no. And I just thought, well, there's no point in being here then, Joe, is there? Like, yeah. I don't want to just sit around, pick up my money and be miserable because I'm only going to take that home. And I've got kids at home that rely on me to, to look after them and muck yeah. around with them and, and have a laugh with them and stuff, be a parent. And he was like, it's up to you, mate. You do what you want to do. I'm not going to stand in your way. And so I was yeah. like, right, okay. So it, I left on, I think it was September, just yeah. before September 1st, so I could be a free agent. And then I, I had a, a bit of an interest from Exeter. Yeah. And I just thought, I'm 33. Yeah, I'm 33. Am I going all the way down to Exeter <laughs> yeah. for a year yeah. when I've got to start? I'm going to have the same problem next year. I just thought there's no way I'm going to move my kids down there, move my family down there. Yeah. And then I, that means I'm going to have to stay away from my family three or four days a week. Yeah. I, I weren't going to do that. So I just made that decision. And then my, my wife had a chat and I just said that I think what I'll do is I'll start up some coaching stuff yeah. in and around the local area and I'll play some non-league football. And yeah. to be fair, I fell on my feet going to Needham. Yeah. Fell on my feet because... They were like a mini pro club. Yeah, great. You know, yeah, amazing. And Mark was fantastic, and yeah. he gave me he gave me a, a two year deal that lasted twelve months, which was unheard of. Yeah. So I got paid in the off season, so it was almost like being yeah. a young pro it was again. A huge Do you know what I mean? I don't know that. That's for others to say. Do you know what I mean? But it, I enjoyed my four years that I was at Needham. I really yeah. did, and. Um, yeah, it'd be great to someday maybe go back there because they're a fantastic run club, fantastic yeah. run club from from top to bottom. And they've but they've got a fantastic manager there now in Kev. He's a he's a real top bloke and a real good yeah. like good coach as well. So they'll do really well under him. Yeah, man, great stuff. Nice. And then and then obviously moving on to to your your club. Obviously you went you was at Stanway as a manager and now you're yeah. at, you're at Brighton Sea. Um, you know, so you've got you've got a massive job on your hands there. You're 
you're playing at a very, very good level, managing at a very, very good level. What, what sort of things have you had to deal with that? I mean, that must. Now you're a manager of a big, big club. Um, it's a huge stepping stone to maybe something bigger as well in the future. Um, what's the sort of the things that you found tough, tough working at the club? Is it being players? It's recruiting. It's recruiting, recruiting players is the hardest part. Recruiting players because. Yeah. And this is through no fault of anybody, but yeah. unless you've got a substantial amount of money to offer some individuals, yeah. you can only attract a certain, a certain quality and calibre of player and yeah. at, at, at a young age. And then what you've got yeah. to do is you've got to coach them to be better players. Yeah. Now, at that level, it's really hard to bring in players that haven't got that kind of experience at that level and get results week in, week out. You're going to get inconsistencies in performances from players, which I totally understand. But football is a result industry-based thing. So you have to try and and stay positive with the group, try and coach as much as you can with the the group, but while still trying to make it fun as well. Mm. It's... um, I'm sure that many of the players that I'm managing at the moment would would disagree that the training isn't fun because yeah. it can be it can be tedious at times and you have to drill stuff into people yeah. and you have to do certain repetitions of stuff and it can be boring. I've done it. I know that. But yeah. unless unless we do it and we learn what I want them to learn, we're never going to become a better a better team. So it's it, it's difficult. It's difficult, but. I like challenging myself and um, like I said, I I want to, I'd like to manage as high as possible and at the moment, Brighton C is where I'm at and I I enjoy it there. Um, It's a a really good club and it's a fantastic level. Uh, The people behind the scenes are all fantastic as well. Um, They're really, really positive and they've never really got anything bad to say about us or the, or the team, which is which is good. And when you lose, they still really support it with the players, which is what you want. So they understand what we're trying to build. And if we can keep the same squad as we kept last year and add a few more, then yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll do all right. Because a lot of those players that were there last year didn't have Raman Prem, yeah. Bostic Prem experience. And now mm. they've got a year under their belt where they know what, it, what to expect. And we we have to be fit and we have to be hard working yeah. as a bare minimum. If we can't be as good as other teams, we have yeah. to outwork teams. And if teams yeah. are willing to work hard with us and beat us on quality, we'll have to hold our hands up at the end of the day and say, fair play to you. But we have to be willing to work harder than every team out there. Yeah, no, fair play. Mm. Any, any other questions? Yeah, so I think we've, we've got a couple more. If I just run, run a couple more through, then... We've got Bobby Bethel. Yeah. Um, Bobby said, Kim, do you have a single personal most favourite moment in your football career? What's your favourite moment you've had? Hmm. <laughs> Not easy, are they? <laughs> I'll tell you, yeah, I, I do know it. I do know my favourite moment. So it was, it was going into the last game of the season. Um, I'm trying to think who we played. It was... I'm going to say it wasn't Stoke. I can't think who it was now. It'll come to me in a minute. Like at the championship season. And if we won, if we won that day, we could have made the playoffs. Really? <laughs> Last game of the season, little old Colchester, 6,000 people at Low Road. Um, 
and we took it down to the last game of the season to, to almost make playoffs in the championship. Now, we didn't win that day. We got beat, I think we got beat 3-1, but it was, um, yeah, that would probably be, that would be the most memorable day I can remember, just because yeah. there was so much on the line that day. And, and it wouldn't have mattered even if we won, we wouldn't have made it because other results didn't go our way. But we gave ourselves a chance, even on the last day of the season. I think that was my most memorable day. Fantastic. Yeah, it was a, so there's, um, <laughs> there's a good one here. One second, I'll scroll up to find it. One minute. It was, it's about practical jokes. It was about what was the, um, oh yeah, from Aaron Graham, was the best practical joke that you've either instigated or witnessed in football? <laughs> Be careful, there's some kids, all right? There's kids watching. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure I can say this, but I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> go with it. We'll edit it if we have to. I'll do the polite version, okay? I'll do the polite version. <laughs> there's a couple. There's a couple. So we was away at pre-season in Germany under Paul Lambert. And um, we've been training all day and we've done this running drill where, sorry, Dave, but you're going to find out about this now. Dave Cameron was... Um, <laughs> He was blowing this whistle all day, getting us to run, right? Blowing this whistle, blowing this whistle. And it, like, we'd, it was roasting this day. And we'd run, we'd run ourselves into the ground, right? And so after training, we had to go into this room and we had to get in the ice baths and do our recovery session in, in this room. And so we're all jumping in, all jumping in the bath. Some of us are in having a stretch over the other side. And Dave's, Dave Caron's put his whistle on the table. <laughs> He's put his whistle on the table and he's looking at, he's overseeing the ice baths while we're doing, while we're doing the, uh, the stretch in the other end. And I'm sure that you can guess what I've done with this whistle. So uh, <laughs> I striped, I striped the whistle, right, is what I would say. I striped the whistle. You are? Let's hope he's not listening to um, this. If it, I, I hope he is a little bit. It's about time on news. So... I put the whistle back. All the lads in the ice bath have seen this, right? And Pat Baldwin's in the ice bath and he's shouting, oh, you ain't blowing your whistle now, are you, Dave? Like, so Dave now thinks that, oh, right, I'm, I'm going to blow my whistle. Do you know what I mean? Who's he telling me I can't blow my whistle? And he starts blowing his whistle in this room and everyone is just erupting and he hasn't got a clue what's going on. Till about two minutes ago. That's probably the worst one I've done. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. There was, a, there was a time, there was a time where there was a lot, a lot of stitch-ups going on at the new stadium. When we first went there, there was a time where, you know, the roundabout by the, um, as you come off the motorway and you turn right to go into the stadium, yeah. you know, that yeah. roundabout there, yeah. when that was brand new, there was a few cars that got driven up there and parked on the roundabout, <laughs> left <Yeah>. there, <laughs> and then we went back to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> cars are being left there yeah or toes being cut out of socks so as you go to put your sock on as you're going home it comes up to sort of your knee area yeah a lot of that went on. it was good it was a good oh, laugh I love it. it's them times you're remembering it it's them times yeah. with the boys mm. yeah I was going to say to you Kevin you got any memorabilia like we spoke about earlier didn't we when I, oh, I have I've got a few do you know what I, I gave I gave a lot of my shirts away yeah. to um I gave them a lot to people that were asking for raffles and auctions and charities. But yeah. there were, my wife made me keep a couple because uh, I've obviously got three kids. She made me keep three. So I've got, sorry, I'll see if you can see that. I've got this yeah, one. 
Yeah. That shirt. Yeah, old school. It's got... Yeah, that. Yeah. I've got that one. I've got... This one's even more old school, this one. Watch this one. Cool. See that one? <laughs> Kevin, have you got your shirt for your debut? I haven't. My mum's got that. Your mum's got it, yeah. I thought you yeah. My mum's got that. And if I'm being... I've got, I've got one given at 400 as well. Yeah. So 400 league games, yeah. I've got that oh. given. And my mum's my got that one as well. Um, I didn't know where this was the other day until Rachel told me where it was today. This was our... Can you see that? Yeah, we saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was our promotion medal. Fantastic. Yeah, that was that. And then I got, I got a flag that someone gave me at my testimonial that someone made for me. Oh, that cool. was a nice touch. Yeah, that was a nice touch. And then I've got a few pair of boots that... Can you remember these? Oh, predators, are they? Yeah. <laughs> and these were my most favourite boots. These, they're, they've had it now, but these were. Can you see them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. They, battered now as well. Yeah, they're battered, yeah. They're, they've been in. They've been in the car. In the in the car for God knows how long. And these are my second favourite boot. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Other than that, mate, that's all I've got. Yeah. Fantastic. I mean, we've just had we just had another message come in from Rob, who was we were talking about a little bit earlier. He said his nine-year-old boy stayed up listening to this, and that your message came throughout of hard work, learn, grow, repeat has been brilliant for him to hear. And and I think I can oh, second that. You know, the, the openness and honesty of the struggles, and it's not all great. And if you're not the best player, then you know you have to do something different. I think that resonates yeah. throughout so many walks of life. It's, um, yeah, it's been fantastic. Just don't take no for an answer is what I would say. Is that yeah. what one thing I think every player should try and learn from as much as a young age as they can. What is their, what is their outstanding attribute? Yeah. yeah. Try and figure out what their outstanding attribute is and maximise your outstanding attribute, but also work on all the other stuff as well. Yeah. yeah. That's what I would say is that there's a place. A team is made of loads and loads of parts. You're not going to have 11 messes playing a team. It just is not possible. Yeah. Right? So you need someone that's going to win you the ball back. You need someone that is good at set pieces. That, that these are things that managers pick teams on. Is that oh, yeah. we, We're a set piece team. He's got a worldy left foot. He's going to take all my set pieces from the left. Yeah. yeah. So these things you should be thinking. And whilst you're nine and ten and stuff like that, these aren't the things that you need to be worrying about. At these sort of ages, is that enjoy football. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy it. Don't take things too oh, serious. True. Don't yeah. worry about being at pro clubs. Don't get bogged down with, I must be at a pro club, I must be at a pro club. I had a, a what do you call it, like Anjad. I had an academy like what Anjad. And the biggest yeah. problem that we, we faced with parents is, when are we going to play pro clubs? When are yeah. we going to play pro clubs? Yeah. Now, the problem you have with playing pro clubs, right, is that unless that you've got a group of players that you feel can go in and get into a pro club, the minute you play against that team, you're now put on a list of players that they've seen. Yeah. This, is how, this is how football works, right? So they'll go to Ange and they'll get a list of players, of players that Ange has got. And now they get put on a database and now they know that them players aren't quite ready to go in yeah. at their pro club. So now they've killed themselves a little bit because they've been put in the shop window too early. 
Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So, so it's not about it's not about playing them regular. Yeah. It's about playing them at the right time yeah. when you've got players that are ready to go in. That's okay. Look at look at your career. You you timed it. Obviously, the the timing was was pretty lucky with the culture thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if it was two years earlier, maybe you wouldn't have been ready. Maybe. Do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's being at the right time at the right place. You've got yeah. to have ability. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying yeah. that it's all about hard work. You have to yeah. have ability as well. But yeah. you have to be at the right time, the right place, and trust people that have got your best interest at heart. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. yeah. Well, Kim, I've got a question for you. <laughs> okay, mate. <laughs> um, everyone wants to wants to know, but I said this to Dougs as well. Obviously, you was a big pirate culture star. You yeah. you started your management journey. Um, would you would you take the coaching United job at some point? Is that is that is that like a dream for you? To, I think to, that's I think that's the end goal, isn't it? At yeah. some point, is that is that is that like a dream for you? I think that's I think that's the end goal, isn't it? At yeah. some point, yeah. a pro club does come in for you and wants you to manage their team. Now, yeah. everyone says Colchester because of, I've had such yeah. an affinity with Colchester United. Do you know what I mean? And yes, that'd be brilliant, but it doesn't necessarily have to be Colchester United. Yeah. I would, I just want to manage as high as I possibly can. And if that means Colchester, I, I get the opportunity at some point to do, to do that. Absolutely. And if I don't, then it doesn't mean that I'll stop managing. That's for sure. Yeah. No, great stuff, mate. Well, uh, Lee, I think... Um, yeah, Jamie, Jamie Shaw says he wants to go and play Warzone. We've got to hurry up. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's... I mean, there's a few a few longer questions on there, but we can go back through them and maybe, Kim, if you have a little look on the on Angelo's page, maybe you could address a couple of the questions in the comments maybe at some point, if you don't mind. There's just a few longer okay, ones no from problem. some parents, yeah, really. Um, but yeah, I think, that, I think that's probably a good place to wrap up. Do you reckon, Ange? No, definitely. I, I just love the honesty, mate. I think the kids that are watching, obviously it's a little bit late now, but obviously they can watch this back. But um, there were some great points in there, mate. So listen, big, really do appreciate you coming on tonight, mate. No yeah, problem, you, mate. Ken. It's a pleasure. Stop drumming. So loads of people have been commenting saying about how, how happy they are about how open and honest it's been. So, uh, yeah, top job. Hopefully, people can, can take something can good from it. be my down point at some time. Uh, you'll be all right. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Cheers, gentlemen. We'll end this here. Thank you, everyone, Cheers, for watching. Cheers, for everyone. Keep an eye out for the next Cheers, one. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye-bye.